Hi, this is Janet Lansbury, and welcome to Unruffled. Today, I'm addressing a question from a mom about the age-old subject of the pacifier. She's been relying on one sparingly on certain occasions with her seven-month-old, but she's worried that she might be suppressing her daughter's feelings. So here's the email I received. Dear Janet, I only recently discovered your website and the Rye philosophy, and only recently, seven-plus months ago, became a mother. The things you write about and the techniques and principles of Rye are such a tremendous inspiration, and it fills me with joy to have found a resource that I can instinctively relate to. I feel courage, confirmation of my own parenting guiding instinct, and joy in knowing I am a mother and can give my daughter respectful guidance. Thank you for your work and for making it so easily available. There's a subject I have a few questions about. I can't seem to get my feelings clear on this matter. It is about a pacifier. I read in your blog and other places about the pacifier being used as a stopper of feelings. Basically, you plug in the passy and your baby shuts up. I have very mixed feelings about this. I give my daughter a pacifier to sleep or in social situations and emergencies. But I do ask her, would you like your pacifier? I keep it in front of her lips and sometimes she takes it. I don't shove it in. It soothes her, and she can pop it out of her mouth, and sometimes she plays with it. And if she cries and I put it in her mouth, she can cry with the passy. Sometimes it quiets her down, and she uses it as a sleeping cue. I'm in deep doubt if I want to cold turkey her on the passy and get rid of it, or to keep using it in this way, and when she gets older, get rid of it with maybe a ceremony in her choice. What I really appreciate is that it gives me some space. For example, a social event in a restaurant. It gives me some possibility to relax, to be able to be there with my friends and have contact and dinner while my daughter is calmly next to me. Dinner is mostly around bedtime, and sometimes her bedtime is being stretched a little. What will happen if I remove the passy and there won't be that resource of quietness? Am I suppressing her feelings at that moment? I don't know. Of course, there is the practical side. If my daughter were to use her thumb... It is much more difficult to get her off that addiction. I have multiple people who shared with me their struggle in getting rid of the thumb-sucking ritual, teething problems, etc. So, I'm in doubt. I also enjoyed my own thumb until the age of 11. The most important aspect of my doubt is the first part, about the passy being a stopper of feelings. I hope you can reflect on this and share your thoughts about this matter. I would be deeply grateful. Okay, so as this parent has discovered, my mentor Magda Gerber, who founded the Rye Approach, was not a fan of pacifiers. She didn't believe children needed them, and she thought that a thumb is something natural that the child is in control of from the very beginning, although it is hard for the infant to control getting it in their mouth at first. But with that ability that they do eventually get, unless we use a pacifier, then they don't tend to find their thumb. With that ability, they are then able to gauge when they need to suck. And they're the ones that know best about that. If we're using a pacifier, it's in our control. And we may be offering it as respectfully and wonderfully as this mother is. But you know, we're still kind of saying here, I think maybe you need this. And do you want to take it or not? What happens is that the child gets a message, if we're using this in the beginning, that 
this is what they're supposed to use to suck on. And so they are agreeable to it because it's been introduced to them and they've gotten used to it. They're looking to us to see what is supposed to go on with them in their world and what we think they should be doing and what we think is right for them. So even if we're just very lightly offering it, just the fact that we're offering it as these important godlike people in their life is, you know, a suggestion that here, here's something that maybe you should want. After that, it may sort of seem like it's the child's choice, but we've still been the one that's introduced it and said, this is a good thing to do. With the pacifier, it's never going to be quite as clear that our child actually needed it, that it totally came from them, the desire to suck. So it's a little murky in that way. Now, can you follow the Rye approach and use a pacifier? Absolutely. And there's no judgment on that. I'm just explaining the point of view. And actually, we tried it with our first daughter as a baby. She didn't really get into it. That was before I learned about Magda's approach. With my other two children, never introduced it. They never needed it. So this is something that we decide that they might need. And then it can become, you know, a sort of parent-created need or habit. So really what Rye is about is awareness. Understanding really what needs are coming from our child and what we're contributing to and how we're contributing to it and the effect that that has. So within that, we get to make the choices on these things. But we're making choices with great awareness of what we're doing and knowing, you know, we are creating not with every child, but we could be creating a habit here. In terms of it suppressing feelings, I think if we're honest with ourselves, in the beginning, it is a way to help a baby stop crying. Does that mean that the baby needed to suck right then, that that's what they needed to do? Or does that mean that we're showing them that putting something in your mouth is what you're supposed to do now instead of cry? Now, in terms of the thumb being a problem, Yes, the thumb can become a problem too. And this is interesting for me because like this parent, I also enjoyed my own thumb until around the age of 10 or 11. My mother tried everything to get me to stop. For example, putting icky tasting things on my thumb. And what happened was I needed to decide that I was done. And once I did that, then I was done. And I was lucky it didn't affect my teeth. Um, I know that that happens to some children. But what I noticed is that and this kind of goes along with Aletha Salter's work on what she calls control patterns. Control patterns are what children use themselves to suppress emotion. So in the beginning with an infant, an infant is not trying to suppress their emotion when they put their thumb in their mouth. They're just feeling the need to suck. But if emotions aren't generally encouraged, and it's very hard to encourage emotions with a baby because, you know, usually when they cry, we feel like we need to do something to fix it. And sometimes that's valid because crying is about hunger. It's about pain sometimes. It's certainly about tiredness. And children do need our help to get them to a cozy bed and, you know, create a peaceful environment for them or to feed them, obviously, or take care of pain that they might have as best we can. But there are also instances where infants do need to cry. They just need to express the feelings. And that can be tiredness, actually. It can be 
Uh, you know, overstimulation. Those are common reasons. All of this stimulation going into these very open, aware, sensitive beings, and they've got to kind of get it out of their bodies before they can relax and go to sleep. So there are reasons that babies cry other than something that we can fix. But if we get our baby in the habit that something goes in your mouth when you cry, then our child is learning that that's what they should do. They should not express it. And this can be done with the most wonderful, loving attitude. We're not going to scold a baby for crying, but maybe the baby sees that we're uncomfortable, that we're signaling that this isn't a safe state for them to be in or a comfortable state and that they need to stop. And they can get that message. And then whether it's wanting a pacifier or a thumb, they start to use the thumb for that reason. So it's more than just self-soothing in terms of, you know, I'm getting centered, I'm getting comfortable. It's It actually can become, I'm trying to control my emotions. So that's where I think I would notice, is my child, you know, as this seven-month-old baby develops, is this something that I'm using because I don't want my baby to express? Or do I feel like, you know, my baby needs to suck on something right now? And again, that's always going to be clearer when it's a thumb and it's in the child's control. But if we start to see that our child, you know, who's now becoming a toddler, let's say, something happens that this toddler doesn't like, and now the toddler's going for the thumb, that's where I would start to gently intervene. I would say, wow, I saw, you know, that happened and you didn't like that. That was upsetting for you. I see that makes you want to suck your thumb, doesn't it? I'm going to stop you because I really want to, I want to hear those feelings. I want to hear what you think about that. And not that we're going to get some kind of lucid, you know, answer there, but demonstrating to our child in every way that we really do want them to be emotional when they feel emotional, that we want them to share that with us. We, we want to know, we want to hear those feelings and we're not afraid of them. We're not uncomfortable, you know, so these are all things that are counterintuitive to maybe how we actually feel, but that's the big challenge of parenting, to hold that space for our children to have their feelings and give them that message that that's the best thing for them to be doing. Just feel whatever they're feeling. So having said all of that, this parent can make these choices as she wishes to, you know, with her eyes open and awareness that the longer a habit goes on, like the more set in it can be, you know, in terms of not necessarily that the child can't give up the pacifier, but the child is getting the message that it's not entirely the best thing for them to be crying or whining in a situation or grumpy in a situation in the restaurant with their mother that if they have those feelings, they should do something about them. And that message can continue, whether it continues with the pacifier or other ways that children find to do that. And it's just not the ideal path for them to be on because it can possibly lead to other oral fixes and things that we don't want them to do as they're older. And I can say as a longtime thumb sucker that that was definitely the case for me. I was suppressing emotions that did lead to other issues as I got older and it was not a healthy thing that I was sucking my thumb for that long and the way that I was doing it. So having that all feelings allowed environment is really the biggest challenge we have as parents and maybe the most important. We're not going to be perfect. We're not going to be able to do it all the time. 
But if we commit ourselves to reaching for that as our goal and reminding ourselves again and again that the feelings are the most important thing for my child to be doing in that moment, if my child has a feeling, that's what he needs to do. He needs to be crying. He needs to be whining. He needs to be expressing it. We can trust feelings all the way. So this mother could decide to help her child stop this right now. Since her baby's very young, it's going to be mostly this mom's issue more than the child's, I think, in terms of how you know comfortable she can be. Maybe not bringing her child out in those situations where she needs to use things so that the parent can stay longer at dinner or be social. I mean, maybe that's the trade-off, the parent deciding this is more important that my child have emotional fluency and a healthy attitude towards her emotions. So those are my thoughts. Again, no judgment on anyone. You can, you know, this is something that a lot of people do and they still follow respectful parenting approaches and this isn't an all or nothing kind of thing. Like with everything in this way of parenting, it's being aware being aware of the problems we might be contributing to, being aware that this is something children actually don't need, and then making our choices with that awareness. I hope that helps. Please check out some of my other podcasts. They're on my website. And remember, both of my books are available on audio at audible.com. That's Elevating Child Care and No Bad Kids, Toddler Discipline Without Shame. And you can also get them in paperback at Amazon and an ebook at Amazon, Apple.com, and Barnes and Noble. Also, I have a new audio series, Sessions. These are individual recordings of private consultations I've had with parents. We have a back and forth about their urgent parenting issues. These are available by going to my website, JanetLansbury.com, and clicking the button that says Sessions on the top toolbar. Also, when you're, while you're on my website, you may want to check out my posts about crying. Seven Reasons to Calm Down About Babies Crying. That will give you some ideas about how to handle crying. I also have a podcast, The Fuss About Crying, that I did with Lisa Sunbury that um, many have found helpful. So check them out. Thanks for listening. We can do this. <laughs>